Hello, and welcome to the Running Centre podcast. Today we speak to Kay Scott, an experienced itinerant teacher of the deaf and recent presenter at the ITOD conference in 2019. Kay shares her perspectives about the links between reading comprehension, theory of mind and meta-knowledge for children who are deaf or hard of hearing. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Rennick Centre podcast. My name's Trudy Smith and I'm the Manager of Continuing Professional Education at the RIDBC Rennick Centre. For today's podcast, I'm joined by my friend Kay Scott. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself, Kay? Hi everyone, Uh, my name's Kay Scott and I'm a teacher of the deaf. I've worked in the field for more years than I care to think (laughs) about. Um, And I've worked in mainstream schools as a visiting teacher in central government as part of um, policy and programs in Victoria. And now I'm completing my PhD full time. And this is what I've got you along to talk about today. So what led you to research in the areas of reading comprehension, theory of mind and reading meta-knowledge skills? Well, as a teacher, I'm really aware that one of the key skills necessary for academic attainment is age-appropriate reading comprehension. So this notion is really summed up by Kendo and colleagues in 2012, and they said being able to read is essential for a successful functioning society. It's important for, and it's one of the most important survival skills for children and adults. As a TOD, I've witnessed the impact on children who are deaf and hard of hearing of developing less than age appropriate mm-hmm. reading comprehension skills. Sure. And that's really evident in the long term outcomes. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who feel the same way. Um, But it's more than anecdotal, um, and the literature is very clear. It's deficits in reading comprehension have a detrimental effect on the overall school achievement of the child, on their access to community um, resources, and in the longer term, their actual occupational attainment. So it's really vital that we get it right. Absolutely, and it just sounds like a really useful area to be researching in. How did your own experience in learning to read influence your interest in this area? Well, you know, everybody has their own story and I like to be a little bit different. It's sort of part of my personality, I think. Uh, And so when I learnt to read, and I learnt to read quite early, um, I relied on the orthography of words to decode text. So I used my visual system to store and recall words, um, both when I was reading and writing and um, I just remember being so frustrated by teachers who'd say to me, just sound it out. Both when, you know, when I was trying to write words, when I was sure. reading words. And, and that's I, the phrase everyone uses. Yeah, just sound it out. Just sound it out. And to me, I'd, I had no idea what they were talking to. And uh, I remember reading a book called White Coolies. Um, it was my grandmother's book and it was a particular genre. It was a World War Two reflection by a nurse and um, it was quite a, com- quite a complex book for somebody in grade two. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember really, really clearly that there were so many words in there that I didn't know. And so I used to leave just a blank. I'd be reading along, I'd leave a blank. And then I would go back and try and work out what word would fit in there. So, so you're using the context. Using the context to work it out. And I'd have this aha moment when I worked out what the unknown word was. And it began, 
you know, that was the way of coping with uh, words that I didn't know. So I didn't have any of that sounding out experience. And it certainly wasn't until I actually went to university <laughs> and started to learn about reading. Really amazing. Yeah, that I started to think about, make sense of phonological skills and the whole sounded out process and what phonemes, syllables, learning sounds, you know, what that was all about. Because I was just so visual and I was so um, focused on the orthographic of words. This has to have shaped you as a teacher of literacy. It has. And and certainly as a very young mainstream teacher, it was evident to me that children learnt in a variety of ways. Very similar. Some really rely heavily on phonics and some really use orthographic um, clues when they're decoding but they all do it differently and uh, there is no one size fits all for hearing children and certainly for children who are deaf and hard of hearing there's no one size fits all and I was really successful as a mainstream teacher in teaching children to read particularly those who had struggled before and you know my background sympathetic to the cause yeah, yeah sympathetic to the cause I understood that we all come to the same end but in different ways So when I started working with children who are deaf and hard of hearing, um, the importance of age-appropriate language became really um, of interest to me and the fact that, that there were kids out there who, because of delayed language, had delayed reading. But there were a group of children who had average or nearly average uh, language development but their reading really stalled and struggled. And um, I just couldn't work out why they had such a problem with learning to read. And so they were able to develop the skills to decode and to work out what the words often said. But when they started to have to infer meaning in text, their development stalled and they just couldn't jump over this hurdle. And, you know, it's often talked about the fourth grade ceiling, which, you know, if you look at the latest work, is moved to a fifth grade ceiling. Um, but it's that, that particular group of kids that may have developed good decoding skills, but really can't jump over that hurdle that sure. I'm really interested in. So that's, that's such a famous study that we talk about, those, those reading ages. Is there, is there any current research about the reading ages or the reading outcomes for children who are deaf and hard of hearing? Well, the evidence is somewhat contradictory. We know that cochlear implants have allowed many children to acquire language and literacy skills in the same range as children with typical hearing. But the influences of a hearing loss have not been eliminated. We know that more children who are deaf and hard of hearing now achieve age-appropriate language and reading comprehension skills, but still the average across the board is when kids exit school is much lower Mm -hmm. than uh, kids with typical hearing. So while there's been a shift, there are many questions unanswered and there's a paucity of research, particularly longitudinal studies, Mm -hmm. um, um, tracking students' uh, development over time. Sure. So what does research tell us about models of learning to read? Okay, so I'm currently working on a research project, as I alluded to before, and I'm using the simple view of reading as the framework for my project. Now it's it's an old framework but it's used really widely in research particularly in the field of deaf education. It goes back to 1986 um, it was devised by Goff and Tanner 
And it proposes that reading comprehension is a product of word reading or decoding and long language competence or language skills. Now, it's been used by researchers in the uh, reading area for many years and it doesn't deny the complexity of the reading process but it separates the component pieces um, that are intertwined to produce reading comprehension. Um, but reading to learn is really complex and as for typically hearing children, children who are deaf and hard of hearing have difficulty for a variety of reasons. So what I'm looking at uh, in my project, a project I'm working on with Associate Professor Louise Patch and Associate Professor Diane Toe at Deakin University, explores just one part of a subsystem of the reading process and that is metacognitive skills. And Metacognitive skills is a really large <laughs> it's a area. Really broad area. Yeah. Um, but the two skills that I'm really looking at are theory of mind development and reading meta reading meta knowledge. And I acknowledge that, that you know lots of others that also contribute. I'm not trying to have a one size fits all solution. I'm looking at these two skills and how sure. they're interrelated with reading comprehension, just to add some knowledge. Uh, to the field. Sure. Talk to me about reading meta-knowledge. Okay. So reading meta-knowledge is something we do all the time. It's it's referred to in the literature as all sorts of things. I've, I've called it reading meta-knowledge skills because that's a term um, that's commonly used. And it's used by readers to monitor their comprehension, to check for, to regulate and monitor what they're reading. And it provides readers with information necessary to make decisions about their text comprehension, when to reread, mm -hmm. when and what type inf to, of inference to make, what information is important, what to keep in your memory, and what information to discard. As adult readers, mm -hmm. we do it all the time. You know, we get distracted, we read something, we decode it, and we think, oh my goodness, that. I've got no idea what they said, and you go back and reread it to make sense. So what I'm interested in is looking at what skills, meta knowledge, reading meta knowledge skills students who are deaf and hard of hearing have, uh, and whether there's a relationship between that and their reading comprehension. Sure, and theory of mind, such a popular term at the moment. But tell, talk to us about it, how that relates to reading. So the essence of theory of mind is difficult to capture in a nutshell <laughs> statement. Um, if you think about the three core concepts of belief, desires and intentions, these are used to understand why someone acts in a certain way or to predict how somebody will act. Having age-appropriate theory of mind skills allows readers to take on another perspective, to take on their point of view. And that's really important because uh, Giardo and uh, Cartwright summed this up really nicely in a, a statement. They said that skilled readers consider their own thinking and emotions, intentions and beliefs of others to maintain comprehension. So to me, it follows that to be able to do this, readers need age-appropriate meta-knowledge reading mm -hmm. skills and theory of mind skills. But... We've assumed that this relationship exists. There's no evidence to support sure. it. Sure. So that's why I'm doing the study. Track. Yeah. So is that what you're hoping to achieve, to, to, to evidence this relationship? Yes, certainly. Um, 
as I said, it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all solution. It's going to help one part of our vulnerable group of children who are deaf and hard of hearing. Children from children who are deaf and hard of hearing are, are not a heterogeneous group. They come to the learning task with different background skills, background knowledge, pre-reading skills, and all of these things influence how they learn to read. We know why some students who are deaf and hard of hearing struggle to read, but we haven't unlocked all the factors yet. Worldwide, there's some fantastic research going on and that's helping to widen our understanding of the factors that influence reading comprehension. But what I'm hoping is this research also adds to that knowledge bank and provides some input into the way scarce teacher resources are used to wisely support children who are deaf and hard of hearing to develop and maintain age-appropriate reading comprehension skills. A very worthy goal. Look, this is fascinating and we wish you all the best in your studies. We hope that you'll come back and talk to us as you're learning more in your studies and, and share this with us. But good luck. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Trudy. It's been a pleasure. A huge thank you to Kay for speaking with us at the Rennick Centre podcast. If you have any questions for Kay or for any of our other guests on the podcast, please reach out to us via the Short Courses website contact page, shortcourses.ridbc.org.au or via our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Rennick Centre.